future trends, deep insights, industry leaders. This is the iGaming Next podcast with your host, Pierre Lindt. Hello, iGaming Intelligentsia. Before we start today's podcast, here is a message from our sponsors. The iGaming Next podcast is made possible with the support from our sponsors at Pragmatic Solutions, leaders in intelligent platform technology. I've been working with Ashley, Lewis and the guys over at Pragmatic Solutions over the last year. And as the early supporter of this podcast, I cannot recommend them enough. The Pragmatic Solutions Player Account Management Platform is an incredibly powerful technology stack for today's gaming business. Their modern modular platform provides all the core services to power your business and their SaaS licensing model allows you to reduce cost and accelerate your strategic goals. Enterprise technology with decades of operational know-how at scale built in. Upgrade your business to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Visit www.pragmatic.solutions to arrange a platform demo. This podcast is brought to you by Pragmatic Play, an industry-leading content provider of slots, live casino, bingo, and virtual sports. Pragmatic Play excels at creating an immersive, engaging, and mobile-focused experience for players with over 200 HTML5 games that are available in all currencies, 31 languages, and all major certified markets. Discover more at pragmaticplay.com. The man of the hour, Alex Pratt, the managing director of Clarion Gaming, the man who doesn't have uh, a short list uh, of things to do in his to-do list every day waking up at the moment. How are you today, Alex? Yeah, good, good. Nice to uh, nice to see you again. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, long, long time no see indeed, long time no see indeed. And uh, uh, obviously, uh, at the moment, uh, we are, what are we, like uh, 10 weeks out from, uh, from ICE, uh, obviously yeah. taking place in London uh, between the 12th and the 14th of uh, April. And um, I was really curious to, uh, uh, to put together this podcast today, Alex, uh, because obviously we get a lot of questions uh, on uh, the expectations for ICE uh, now in April. And, uh, uh, you know, we're trying to follow the movements here as close as we can. There's been obviously uh, a lot of the major uh, exhibitors uh, who have uh, pulled out from the show, uh, causing a bit of concern uh, amongst the industry. Uh, what is the current status of, of ICE? Uh, and so I thought that it would be really interesting to, to have you on here today to clarify uh, perhaps uh, uh, some of the confusion or, or uh, some of the misunderstandings and uh, just give us a little bit of a status update on uh, what's, uh, what the current status is with uh, ICE uh, as you see it at the moment. So I guess my first question, uh, Alexis, um, uh, it would be interesting to just hear from from your words, like uh, what uh, what is the current status with uh, with ICE and how is the dialogues at the moment with uh, your exhibitors uh, going? Yeah, uh, uh, current status is fairly simple. It, it's going ahead, um, yeah. and I do not see that changing. I think we said um, a week or so ago, but barring a national a national natural disaster and Excel falling into the uh, Thames, it will go ahead. Um, and I think it's just important to say that. Um, because and you talked about there about the narrative and the conversations we're having with it, with exhibitors is that there have been I think it's about 30, 30 exhibitors now that uh, have postponed so moved their their stand to twenty twenty three which is again really positive but there's another four hundred and four hundred and fifty four hundred and sixty 
exhibitors that um, still want us to run the show. And I think, I guess that my, my standpoint is that if the market wants us to run it and it's important for the market, then we, we will run it. And it's interesting, we, we're talking to both the operator side, both in land-based and online, and they're really voicing that they, they want this opportunity to meet, they want this opportunity to learn, this opportunity to buy. And on the exhibitor side, look, there's, there's so many different stories and different situations. You've got some land-based exhibitors that have, uh, it's crazy, like 80% down on revenue year on year. ICE is just an absolute essential part of them acquiring leads and doing business. And if we don't run ICE, there's, and, it, look, and I don't want to, it's not trying to sound like we're, we're the most important thing in the world, but for, for some of these exhibitors, if we don't run ICE, they may not survive for the year. So I think right now it's almost our responsibility to run it and make sure the industry comes back together. And it's been yeah two, two and a quarter years. And I think anyone that's ever experienced ICE would know there isn't anything like that. And I think we, we all miss that, that opportunity. So yeah, it's going ahead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm happy to hear that. And, you know, we've had a lot of conversations uh, in the podcast and elsewhere um, around uh, what the, the expectations are for ICE this year. And uh, the concern is, of course, uh, that is being voiced is that these major exhibitors are pulling out. But then when you, when you, then when you ask uh, individuals, like, are you, are you going to ICE? Like, are, mm. And then everyone is uh, still going to ice like right so so uh, even though you have some exhibitors pulling out it's um, it's still a, a no-brainer event to attend for uh, the key decision makers and and uh, the the professionals of the of the industry so uh, i think it's it's easy to focus on the 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 kind of uh, the press releases that are uh, coming out from uh, some of the exhibitors uh, and you kind of lose the sight of the forest for the trees uh, sometimes. Yeah, uh, no, really uh, true. Is, and uh, mm. and I, I'm obsessed with uh, stalking every LinkedIn poll of which I think yeah. there's probably four or five. Are you uh, going yeah, nice? And, that, and amazingly, like, it is always about the same sort of percentage. So usually around 70% um, probably or definitely attending, which to me is like, if that's a representation of the market that's that's brilliant and actually what the one thing i'm sure you've learned and in fact you've built a business on it now it, it pre-covid a lot of us used to shout about numbers thirty thousand forty thousand whatever amount of thousand people i think right now people understand actually you want to meet quality and you want to meet decision makers and i think that's the big change that's happened and we're going into all event philosophy now but the big change for me is that the people that will attend are going there because they have a reason to attend rather than a, a jolly day out, which I think is yep. the, the change we've seen across not just this event, but all events that we run. Um, so, no, uh, I, can't, I don't think there was a question, but yes, I was saying Tim Pulse. No, no, but it, but it's a it, it's a good point. Uh, I think as well. You mentioned uh, um, that uh, the polls that you guys have been running as well is saying something like seventy five percent of the uh, delegates are still positive to uh, attend the event, and uh, you know presumably those seventy five percent are going to be on the top uh, level side, so to say. There is a segment of eyes that. Um, uh, of the delegates of eyes that uh, are maybe not the most relevant uh, delegates always uh, to the uh, to, to to the agami industry, so to say. And as you're saying here, it's uh, it's becoming more focused on the decision makers specifically, yeah. and so it takes and, away we, a little we, bit of the noise. Yeah, we're seeing that in the back end of our data. So we're doing a lot of analysis around who's coming, what they're looking to achieve at the show, and um, we saw it as a trend as we we're coming towards the show, but even more so now. Um, and look, we have to be honest, those dates, 
there's a reason why we could get ice into those dates, and that's because no one in their right mind would put a show on either side of Easter, uh, Passover, etc. Um, they're not they're not dates that any of us would like uh, would like to have. But um, it it also means if you're going to go, you really are going for the right reasons, and you're not. Yeah, as I say, you're not going for a, a trip out to Excel, which would be an odd thing in itself, yeah. to be honest. But. I'm really curious now, Alex, as a fellow event organizer here, but on a smaller scale, of course. Uh, what goes into moving an event like ICE like this? I, I would imagine that the infrastructure and, I mean, the decisions and the, the reporting lines, everything that has to come together to find new dates on, like, two weeks' notice is, like, insane. Like, the logistics around it. Like, how, how yeah. was that experience for you? I guys? mean, it, it's not to let, if I'm really honest, I had very little to do with that because I'm I'm an events guy, but I grew up running small to medium events, um, running publishing, that sort of stuff. When you get to the size and scale of ICE, it, it, it is another level of health and safety. It's another level of logistics. and sh- I mean, just look, Nevermatic stand, I think, have 38 container lorries coming in, 100 people building it. I mean, these, it's just a different level of conversation. Um, but yeah, moving something like that is hard at the best of times. And this year is really hard because events are running and events are still running in the UK right now. And actually they ran all that. We were, we had a horse show in December with 50,000 people attending right in the middle of Omnicron. So what you had last year was a lot of events moving to the back end of the year or just skipping the year. So there was a lot more availability this year. Everyone, there's just no availability because everything's full pretty much certainly in the in the major places so yeah to get that into those dates we had two dates two options one was the week after easter so but that's on top of the indian gaming convention yeah. who we we have quite an in-depth kind of partnership with um and it just didn't make sense for the market to run two events on the same days um and yeah and the other option was the week before but even then there were six events taking place um that week to and so we couldn't we couldn't move it at that point, and that's the the three weeks was working with Excel with those organisers in any way to kind of persuade them would they mind moving their dates. All right. Um, and so we're by hook or by crook and uh, a present or two to some of them, uh, and <laughs> and they move. Thank goodness. But but it's much easier to move a smaller event because they can just slot into different places in the calendar. Yeah. Um, and that that's the bit that I think people didn't quite understand is that we didn't. We don't, and everyone's like, oh, when are you going to move it to June? You're going to, you, in your back pocket, you've got July. Exactly. Like, we don't. I wish we did. <laughs> or like, move uh, it yeah, to yeah. Europe. But Europe's the exact same situation. Again, there's only a few venues that can take something like ICE, and th- those venues are packed. They're rams. They've got years of, and even more so in Europe, because you're only just coming out of Omnicon now. So actually, all those January and February events have pushed back yeah. further. So. And, and that, that, uh, that, I guess, uh, leads to a different question I heard as well. You, you mentioned um, you had requests uh, to move it to a different venue as a, as a solution here. But looking at the floor plan, of course, you have, um, you have exhibitors who have specific uh, spaces on the floor plan because they want to have a specific spot or they want to be next to an, a, another exhibitor or a, a specific dimensions, of course. And, and so just moving to another venue, it becomes really difficult because you have to redraw the entire floor plan and, and, and then satisfy the, the partners would say and um, that leads to the question which you are I um, presume you're facing now which is uh, 
since uh, many of these uh, major exhibitors have uh, pulled from the show this year, that leaves kind of a lot of blank spaces in the show. Like, what are you planning to do with those uh, spaces uh, in general? Is it an opportunity to turn a negative into a positive here and use those spaces to, uh, for example, put uh, content on the floor or put uh, potential uh, like lounge places on the floor? Like, like how are you looking at, uh, at uh, the, the blank spaces in the floor plan? Yeah, and actually when this goes live, hopefully the floor plan will also be live, the new, newly drawn floor plan. And actually, a bit, I think yeah. people will be really surprised how big it is still. I mean, people, yeah. they, the, 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 we've, as well as people filling out, we've, got, we've had about 20-odd new companies book in the last two weeks. Um, we've upsized some brands, seriously upsized. Um, yeah. And so I think they want to own that narrative, some of those brands, but uh, like one's gone up by over a thousand percent in size and that's not starting at a small stamp. Anyway, yeah, what are we doing with those other spaces? Look, for me, there's a real opportunity and it isn't just about putting more seating in, which of course they will and everyone loves seating and there's a direct correlation to satisfaction and seating. But there's some, there's some core parts of our strategy and I guess our manifesto um, and our commitment to the market that we made about this time last year. And there's, so there's some stuff around safer gambling. Um, we have a consumer protection zone and we invest quite a lot of money to actually build that and have partners. And a lot of that money gets donated out to anything we raise around there gets donated back into um, charities associated with safer gambling. But for me, it's like, well, actually, look, we've got an opportunity to throw our money, throw our effort and throw our voice even more behind the, 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 our consumer protection zone. So let's make that bigger. So things like that, there is, um, we'll look to invest in some features, particularly for the land-based community. Um, so where some of those bigger exhibitors have gone, they, they don't necessarily have a meeting place on the floor. So we're looking to be, build quite big features dedicated to, to, to help the land-based guys um, meet. And, and then we've still got um, a lot of, uh, stuff around innovation. So we, the, uh, the work we're doing around eSports is growing so we can um, enlarge and build that. And then the, the stuff around pitch ice and, and helping um, people, I guess, to, to innovate and grow business within, within the gaming, which I think is one of the biggest challenges, which, I, which I, look, you guys are doing really well with. But if we can help create some, some of those new, new blood in the sector, then brilliant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and so, when you kind of redraw the floor plan, uh, Alex, do you do you make the event more compact, or do you still use the same space, but you try to fill those spaces that are uh, that are left blank? Uh, like, how do you organize that? Because again, some exhibitors they want to be next to a specific, they have chosen a specific location, and and so on. It, it must be very difficult to. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a, and it's a it's an interesting jigsaw of a conundrum. What we won't do is yeah. make it. We, we, because I guess there's two reasons why we won't make it more compact as such is a for COVID, um, just requirements, just to actually people have a bit of expectation. They don't want to be literally on top of each other. Um, and then there's some health and safety requirements just to have the right size aisles. Um, but, uh, one of the things we're working with Excel on, for example, is to use some of that space to create more of a, a catering feature in the hall and just try and add a bit more to the experience. But, that we, we need a huge volume of storage as well. So actually being able to take advantage of one or two halls that we're not going to use this year. And Excel's really easy because it's blocks of halls. You can kind of yeah. open and shut them. So yeah. um, 
depending, yeah, depending, and as I say, like it's 11, we've still got, no, 10 weeks to the show. Um, when we were six weeks out, when we, when we postponed it, it was going absolutely nuts. And we were heading to, to selling out the floor. Um, and so we're very conscious of not putting too many exhibitors in because in reality, whether we've moved it or not, you're going to have less people at the show um, than normal. And we don't, we want, and I think it's just really important to have that, uh, it's a bit technical, but um, attendees of, I guess, square meter ratio. So it still feels like the experience that you know of ice and you don't walk in and actually it's, we've, we've sold too many stands and it feels a bit ghost town like, even though you've got the same amount of yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. It's like both sides of the network that needs to be uh, uh, pleased. Like you need to have enough exhibitors and enough delegates, uh, um, uh, of course. Yeah. Like, and and uh, I keep talking about ice, but I keep forgetting, which is so bad because it's the event that I grew up on, launched, and we sold to Clarion originally. Is like IGB affiliate London, and I keep forgetting. It's really bad, and Naomi <laughs> who runs it will hate me for forgetting. But that is twenty-eight percent up year on year. So last time we ran it, February twenty twenty, we just snuck it in. Um, yeah, 28% up. So you've then got the story that we're not talking about enough, actually, just a huge growth um, yeah. in that event from uh, attendee and exhibitor, which is really exciting. Um, yeah, really yeah. Exciting. And, and the industry has, I mean, since COVID, and, and I think this will start becoming clear after we come out of the pandemic, is that the industry have, has massively grown since the, uh, we entered the, the pandemic. There's a lot of new organizations and uh, a lot more professionals in the industry, uh, particularly on the American side, have you know, completely uh, sprung to life after the, after the start of the pandemic. So once we come out of this, uh, you know, shows like ICE uh, uh, will obviously see this uh, uptick uh, in, um, in, in, in numbers. And the volume of, um, well, one thing we noticed is we're starting to register. I don't have the stat to hand right now, but it was massive. Um, really high percent of startups registering. And look, it's a natural occurrence after a recession or, I guess, after a pandemic, because many, many people are made redundant, lose jobs. And actually, what do they do? They, they, they're usually quite senior. And so rather than go and find a new job, actually, they follow the idea or the dream they've had for many years. And I think that's also really exciting. And as you say, like as, as, as we emerge out to see these ideas and see some of these products coming, coming out from some of those people, and especially in our market where we are a fairly forward-thinking sector, but really we do lack innovation at times. And I think this is a real opportunity to see some of that. Absolutely. And, and um, you know, following up on this as well, we've seen, you know, we see uh, doing well as well with their shows. Uh, uh, they have their event in Barcelona, all out signal here, uh, had, their, had record attendance numbers, and, and uh, there's a lot more shows uh, springing to life because of the growth of the, in the industry. But I, I have a, a question here for you, uh, Alex, in general, on back to ice this year. Like, I guess yeah. this is what everyone is wondering in general. Like, if like if you were to estimate, like um, how much uh, attendance do you think you'll have this year? Uh, both in like if you say in percentage, uh, both in terms of the exhibitors uh, uh, and and also in terms of the actual delegates compared to uh, 2019, um, for example. Yeah, I think exhibitor, we will we will end up around I think about 80. Right, it depends so on the floor, around 75, 80 percent of the size of ice in 2020 um, in terms of in terms of square meters um, in terms of volume i think we'll have about 450 exhibitors uh 450 460 um 
on a 10 day, it's really hard to tell. Um, but look, we're in a betting industry, so I should make a bet. But uh, <laughs> you can put 10, 10 pounds on this if you like. Yeah, yeah. Get oh, euro, 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 <laughs> euro. Yeah. I'm still in my heart in Europe. Um, but uh, but no, look, we we were trending coming to February, which really surprised me because we weren't we weren't forecasting a volume. We were trending, I think, about six percent up year on year. So we're looking like we were going to break records. Now we've moved the show, which doesn't work for everybody. Um, but I think as we come closer, um, I think that volume will. I don't think will be that. Uh, I think maybe ten percent down normally on our normal attendance, maybe. But it could surprise me because the, the thing that's different with this show is if you look at something like CES that ran in January um, and they got really whacked by and every tier one pulled out. The big difference between the tier ones pulling out of CES and the tier one, um, and particularly from the land based side coming out of ICE, is they're not saying, right, we're not going to be there. Yeah. So whereas Facebook weren't going to be at CES, actually these guys are going to be there. And we're talking to a whole bunch of different exhibitors around hospitality options, how do they keep a presence on the show floor, how do they show their product without having a giant stand, and there's all sorts of different options there. So although you might not see that stand, they are sending their team. So, uh, and, I, and I think as we get close to the show and we get momentum and people start to see, do you know what, and they're seeing it now, Omnicron is not, that COVID is serious and it's a big deal, but we're coming out the other side of it. And I think as we get close to the show, it can only get better. Um, and I think, look, you might not be as busy on the Thursday because actually we're moving. But on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, I certainly, if I look at the, our own personal data of our business, people don't tend to take those days off. Um, and when you haven't been to a show for two years and two months, you're going to go in for those two days. And I think that's where the bulk of our attendance comes through anyway. Um, yeah. so I, I don't know. I'm hoping to surprise myself. But yeah. All right. So you say 10% 10, 10 under and I'll take uh, 10 euro over. Wow. Yeah, deal? yeah done. Virtual handshake. All right, Let, yes, let's remember that for, for uh, the easiest 10 euro I remember, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 Alex, I mean, the, the last couple of months uh, must have been, I mean, extremely difficult for, for you guys. I mean, we have experience from a much, much, much smaller scale events uh, and having to deal with uh, partners who are uh, concerned over pandemics and uh, they don't want to commit contractually and if the event uh, is postponed, what happens? And and all the things and, and it just makes our life um, 10 times more difficult when it comes to signing up uh, partners and mm. I, I would I would uh, like how has uh, this process been for you guys like when when you discuss with uh, with your partners what's the feedback you guys are getting and um, uh, and in general how has the process been for, for you and your team uh, yeah no, it's been tough although I have to say I saw some data from the ECA the other day on um, the land-based casinos in in Europe and I mean, I can't remember it, but if you've got a casino in Belgium, you're, you were closed 233 days last year. So um, at least we've got some, some events, not necessarily gaming ones, but across Clarion, some events out, and we've got a digital business, which has helped. But it, it is, it's really hard. I think I'm very thankful that we have Blackstone backing us, and we're, we're backed by private equity. I think if we were a PLC, we'd have quite a lot of pressure to do things differently. We... Instead with Blackstone, we have permission to really think customer first and not just in a, let's put that as a tagline, actually 
if the customers want you to run the event and you're going to lose money, run it. If the customers don't want you to run it and you're going to lose money, don't run it. And it's, so we can afford, uh, it, like, for example, if people said, really, we don't want ice, and that's going to cost us a fortune, by the way, to, if we had to cancel it. But we've got absolute permission. It's my decision. Nothing's going to happen to me or my staff. And I think that's the other big fear. Is people, people are scared for their jobs. And I think it's hard when, when you're going through change and unpredictability. And I think it's really hard for the team. And it's just constantly reassuring them that they're going to be okay. Um, and that they just need to do the best by their customer. And I think it, it's key that they, they feel like they have permission to do that. And things are going to go wrong. And I've said, look, if, 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 if uh, the customer are not feeling good about whatever it is we're doing or um, give us a, like, you can find me on LinkedIn, my email's all over the place. Just, just contact me or contact anyone and we'll do something about it. Because um, mm. I think the worst thing is, yeah, if we haven't treated our customers well through this period, and again, it's part of our manifesto, look, we can ride it with the good times and we can all make loads of money. But when it's hard, we've got to stand shoulder to shoulder with the market and we've got to support them. And if that means different payment terms or being that we're letting people roll their money through to 2023 um, and all those different things where we've worked with different customers in different situations. But, mm. but mm. I think it's been hard for, for a lot of people, and I'm sure including you guys and like Raz and people like this, smaller businesses where you don't have that big financial backing. And I mean, he's done really well, done really well to get through it. So we, we should all pat ourselves on the yeah. back. Yeah, 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 we should, you should. You know, you have a different uh, work ethic when you have the knife against the throat, I, I, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, so I want to ask as well, Alex, I mean, uh, having these conversations with the, uh, the the media exhibitors and then seeing the likes of, uh, you know, EDT, microgaming, IDT, Mercury and Novomatic pulling out, I mean, uh, first of all, it, it must be kind of disheartening in, uh, in a way, but are, are, you, are you also scared that, um, that this generates a snowball effect? Because when these exhibitors pull out, then obviously the, the ones that are next to them uh, will also consider... Uh, you know, seeing these press releases, they will ask the same question, should we attend them? It can easily yeah. spiral out of control kind of thing. Is that something you talk about internally? And how do you prevent that yeah, from day. happening? Yeah. Yeah. Every single day we talk about it. And look, that, is, I mean, it's an awful metaphor, but the bleeding, I believe, is stop, stopping. We've bandaged it, and I think we're coming out the other yeah. side. And, I don't, and we've, we've tried to shake the tree, another metaphor, as hard as we can, to make sure that we kind of know the situation we're in. Look, and it's really hard. And actually, everyone's had to pull out for different reasons. Um, for some people, it's just such a huge investment and they haven't had a great couple of years. And it just, right now, just doesn't make business sense for them to risk that amount of capital this year. And it's not about the event and et cetera, et cetera. For others, it might be that their management team can't make those dates or whatever it may be. And we've got to support and help those guys through it. But you're right. The other thing is we need to make sure that we can control the narrative. Um, mm. And it's really hard because uh, Novomatic or Merca um, pulling out the show is a great, great headline from a media perspective. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then it creates all these questions and people are like, oh, this person's pulled out or that person's pulled out. But actually they haven't. For example, I mean, I've read many times um, that uh, Playtech won't be at the show. Now, they're going to do something different and they're going to be looking much more around hospitality and, and, and working with their current customer base and things like this. But they certainly still have a footprint of that show and quite a significant one or, or Evolution or any of these guys. 
Um, and then we've got some really exciting, and this is a bit I, I can't wait to start putting out there, is some of the press around the, the people that are not taking advantage of this situation. What's interesting is that they are investing more into the show, but not for this, just this year. It's like next year as well. So I think there's some, I think people will be really interested and excited to see that. Hopefully that will start to emerge next week. And I don't want to, I think people, some of our customers want to control their narrative, but like I can say, like, for example, Pragmatic Play have taken a really positive decision to have a much more significant presence at the show, which um, people will start to emerge. But also, on the land-based side, Camo, who, who I think are one of our first ever exhibitors at ICE, make the make roulette wheels, um, are also looking to enlarge their presence and and really push um, uh, push what they're doing at the show. And it's I can't go and grab it right now, but there's ICE is just a really interesting beast. Like I found this box the other day in the storeroom oh, yeah. uh, with a cat from the original ACE, the amusement thing that ICE emerged with. We've got show guides from 1936 in there and uh, the, the financial records from 1947. And it's just, <laughs> it, we, it makes you realise we are, a, and I'm sorry, I, I go and talk on and gone completely off track, but we are custodians of this brand and it's a real honour to, to look after it as we go through. And I think the biggest part of that is the customers and then behind that is the, the suppliers behind the show. And actually, we've just got to work as partners all the way through this. And I think I'm hoping that's, that's what will see us through in the end. And the noise yeah. won't be about who's not there, but actually the, the people that are there and the sheer experience that ICE delivers every time. For sure. But what happens with the, uh, the floor space that is this year eaten up by uh, exhibitors that are increasing their footprint? Uh, does that mean that uh, there are a couple of exhibitors that you will be losing permanently? Uh, no, no, no. So no one, no one, I say no one because I don't get it, but no one has cancelled outright and said we're not coming back in 23. We have, there is more space in, in Excel for 23. 20, yeah, 2023. So we, we can we can go bigger, but it's you know, it, it, it's about really finding a balance on on those upsizing as well. Um, a balance that we have the right mix of exhibitors that people aren't just. We don't want lots and lots of giant stands because actually that changes the the DNA of the show. We don't want it to be dominated by gaming because actually then you lose land base, which in itself is a fascinating and interesting um, part of our sector. Um, and it's just really important that we, we find that balance with something like ice, because if you, if you do get it wrong, particularly on a floor plan, um, it, can, uh, it can backfire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so so uh, a last question here for you uh, today, Alex, before I, I let you uh, go on with your busy to-do list uh, here today. Uh, you know, looking forward now, I mean, We've gone through this pandemic uh, and uh, it seems that uh, COVID is something we will kind of start having to live with. Uh, but it's still an unpredicted uh, situation. Mm. When we came into fall last year, it felt like the pandemic was over. You know, just like it feels now that we are in a safe uh, environment again. But uh, both 2020 and 2021 saw COVID spikes uh, during winter. And uh, that obviously led to um, ICE having to postpone uh, last February as well. And, and uh, this uh, February as well in 2020 and 2021. So uh, looking into... Um, uh, looking into 2023, uh, are, are, is, there, is there any concerns that uh, the uh, event is taking place in February, which is potentially, from COVID perspective, 
uh, not the optimal uh, month mm. uh, seeing the spikes that have been in the last two winters. Like, are you considering to move it and keep it's it permanent in April? Yeah, and it's definitely something we are looking at. Um, I think, and we and Excel know we, we are looking at it. Um, I think there's two parts to that. One is to speak to the market. Um, uh, on the one hand, everyone's like, yes, it will be sunny and not freezing cold, um, which is a tick, but B, we're there to do business. So if the buying cycles don't fit with March and April, which they don't in some segments within, our, within the gaming industry, um, where people are buying machines ready for the summer period, actually, is that too late? So we've got to really consult with the market. And then B, uh, the science. I need to um, understand the science behind that, and I am not mm. a uh, professor. But uh, yeah. we, we, look, we belong to a really big association that funds a lot of that stuff. We've also got Blackstone that obviously owns a lot of businesses that will be interested in those types of trends. Um, so if it is a real threat, then yeah, absolutely, we would have to have to consider that. But I, I, I don't think we'll be making that decision um, for a few months. Um, but I think my gut is most likely it'll stay in February. But yeah. the one thing I've learned in this in this last two years <laughs> is don't ever make a prediction. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, interesting, Alex. I mean, it's uh, good to uh, good to know that you're thinking about uh, these things as well. It's just very unpredictable. And uh, yeah, if there's anything that this pandemic has brought us, it's uh, to keep us on our toes, you know, and not take things for granted, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, thank you so much, uh, Alex, for kind of coming on today, uh, clarifying uh, the situation with uh, with ICE. Uh, I am excited to, to be there, of course, in, in April 12th to 14th. Uh, and uh, I guess I will. I will see you over there, Alex. Do you, do you have any yeah. any final words? No, just look. If people have got questions, concerns, worries, whatever it may be, like find me on LinkedIn or you can alex.prasicclaringevents.com, um, and I am virtually ticking GDPR that you can anyone can message that. Um, <laughs> and look, we're an open book, and we want to do what's right for the industry, um, and. And if you feel we're not, or you think we're doing well, or whatever it may be, um, don't be afraid to contact. Um, and we're yeah, right here, transparent as can be. Awesome. Good stuff, Alex. Well, uh, take care of yourself and uh, lots of caffeine and, and long nights ahead. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see you guys when it finally Brilliant. comes together. And uh, okay. hopefully I'll be paying you 10 euros. Uh, I hope so too. <laughs> All right. Take care of yourself. Cheers.